0: Hi, welcome back to another episode of Make It Cute. I'm so excited for this one. Um, If you listened to my Make It Cute Reloaded episode, you knew that this was coming. So much Taylor Swift content is coming our way. I'm so excited to actually be joined with a fellow Swifty and actually probably a more dedicated Swifty than myself. So I think that's going to be great for this conversation. But um. You could be watching this one of two ways. This is the first Make a Cute episode that we have done that we have video content associated with this as well. So I'm sure you will see clips on both of our TikToks and, Inst- and whatever, however we choose to um, throw this out there. But it's super cool. Um, a lot of times when I have guests, we do have videos on. We can see each other. We can make funny faces at each other. But this time you guys get to just be in and sit in on the action. So I'm super excited to be joined by Mackie, Um, her handle is at champagne folky and I, I I messed up her handle earlier, so I needed to make sure that I got her seal of approval. Um, and I'm going to just let Mackie introduce herself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and I'm so happy to have you on the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So my name's Mackie and like he said, I'm champagne folky. Um, my main account is my TikTok. That's where I spend most of my time talking about Taylor, talking about theories Rankings, everything that has to do with Taylor. Um, so yeah, I'm actually a fashion business management student at Arizona State University, and I'm an outstate student. I'm from Indiana, so I just moved here, and I'm having fun. I'm just loving Taylor Swift every second of the day. So
0: <laughs> I, I love that, and I see your folklore painting in the background. Yeah. Like I, I, I love the fact that we're able to see like all the Taylor Swift content in the background. I just have a map um, with. It's not as fun. And then I have this funky little geometric wall um, that I did during quarantine because I feel like everyone did home renovation projects right. during quarantine. Um, but I, one thing that I like to do, Mackie, is I like to ask my guests rapid-fire questions just to tell us a little bit more about themselves. I know that we already talked about some of these, so it may be a little redundant. But um, for the audience and for the listeners – uh, tell me, what's your Zodiac sign? Capricorn. Do you have a moon and rising?
1: I'm a Scorpio moon and a Gemini rising.
0: Love that. And do you feel like you identify with like your Capricorn sun?
1: Oh, I'm 100% Capricorn. Capricorns are the best Zodiac. I will not be taking questions. I, I'm a total Capricorn. I definitely also am a Scorpio moon. And I would say, I would say the Gemini rising is accurate, um, but mainly Capricorn for sure.
0: Love that. And what's your favorite food?
1: Um, Fajitas. Chicken fajitas.
0: I love fajitas. That is awesome. I I just had literally – it wasn't fajitas, but I had some of the best tacos last night in my life. And this couldn't have happened at a more perfect time like this conversation because I'm thinking about them again. Um, And what's your favorite grocery store?
1: Okay. That's actually a funny question because – like in the Midwest, I feel like people just go to like Walmart or Meyer or like places like that. But since moving out here, my roommate's from California, and she thought that was like the weirdest thing because evidently they have stores that are like just grocery stores. So I don't know. Right now, I'm going to Fries because that's like the thing in Arizona. So I guess that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I I don't know why I pulled that question out. I think I looked at my Trader Joe's tote bag and I was like. Let me figure out a question I can ask. Um, what's your favorite beverage?
1: Water. Okay. Water, 100% of the time.
0: Absolutely. Uh, still or sparkling? Still. Agreed. Um, and what's your favorite Taylor Swift era?
1: This is hard. Okay, I think I have to say folklore because that's like the era that I became like, like super into like content and like being so involved in the Swifty community but other than that i'd probably say rep era so iconic
0: absolutely um what is your favorite taylor swift moment it could be a video it could be an interview it could be a lyric in a song just overall
1: oh my gosh that's so hard um Uh, I feel like, okay, Cardigan, the music video, is one of, like, my favorite Taylor Swift things ever. Like, I just, the night that that released, I watched it first before listening to the album, and I just sobbed, like, so hard. I had to keep restarting the video because I couldn't even see what she, but she just looked, like, so angelic. Um, But she has so many interview moments that are just, like, so iconic. Like, the one that was trending on TikTok that was, like, like, talking about Mercury being in retrograde, and she's, like, I mean, she just has the most iconic like one-liners. She's so funny, but yeah.
0: Absolutely. And what's your favorite piece of Taylor Swift bonus content?
1: Ooh. Okay. I'd say all of her cat content. Anything that has to do with her cats, Olivia, Meredith, and Benji. Anything that has to do with them, I I love because I'm a I'm a big cat person too. So, I love that.
0: I love that, too. Um, And finally, and then I'm going to give some of my Taylor Swift-related answers, too. But what are your favorite, maybe top three Taylor Swift songs?
1: Okay, my number... Okay, I'm actually going to do four. Okay, so my fourth is Long Live, because that's just, like, the song for the fans. And it's, like, it's so... It makes me so emotional every time it comes on. And it's also become, like, a song that I, like, relate to my best friend, too. And then my third is this is me trying. I'm I, I just love that song more than anything. And then All Too Well, classic, Love All Too Well. And then Champagne Problems. Hint Champagne Folky. I I I love champagne problems so much.
0: What do you feel like you love about it that like it's your favorite? Like I, I I'm curious. I just want to delve a little bit into that.
1: Um it's actually kind of relatable. Uh kind of a lot of like a lot relatable, obviously not like the marriage aspect. um, But like the whole like relationship aspect, I find it really relatable. And like the first time I listened to Evermore, I was sitting with my mom and I was I always watch the lyric videos because they're just so beautiful, especially for folklore and Evermore. And I just I was like, Mom, I think this is my favorite Taylor Swift song. And since then, I have just it's it has to be my number one.
0: I love that. I love that. So I, I guess I put you on the spot, so I have to put myself slightly on the spot. Um, I can't remember some, every question that I asked you because I don't write things down. I kind of just like let the brain flow. But one of my favorite uh, pieces of Taylor Swift bonus content, I would say, is I love the I Know Places voice memo from 1989. That just... I loved hearing that story. I loved hearing like the raw demo. Like I think that's one thing that just really just, I I literally sat there and I was just like, Taylor Swift is a genius. Why, why can't I be like this? Like how, just how do you do this, ma'am? Or even watching her write delicate, like just those live in my brain rent free. Um, I think my favorite Taylor Swift moment, it's more so, a period of time was anything Taylor Swift did on Tumblr. Um, I was, I, when I say I was big on Tumblr, I mean like I was very active on Tumblr, I loved it, and I loved seeing like Taylor Swift's, um, like posts and like how she would stalk people. It's, I use the word stalk lightly, but, um, it's just, it's so funny because I feel like back then it was just the most random stuff and I loved it. Um, and, I would say my... What other T-Swift questions did I ask? Um, Help me out. Do you you remember? Um,
1: Oh, okay, yeah. The Moment, your top three songs. What were the ones before that? Oh, my God, I can't even remember.
0: Oh, Era, Era, Era. Era, Um, yeah. Okay. Favorite Taylor Swift era, I have to agree. Reputation was just... It it was iconic. Um, It it was insane. I I remember I pre-ordered probably three physical um, CDs because I was trying to make sure that I got like a good place in the queue for whenever tickets dropped, um, which I didn't even get to go to that concert because I think I was out of the country or no, I wasn't out of the country. I just didn't know where I'd be living and I couldn't commit to anywhere. And I, I, for, for the audience, I just told Mackie this story. I was I was fuming because this one night I I was living in New York City in 2018 um, while I was interning and I was in this Uber Lyft situation and there was a lot of traffic. I lived in the Upper East Side and I was heading downtown to meet some friends, like I think maybe in like Soho um, area. And we were, we had ended up being diverted like more West and I was like, oh, what's going on with all the traffic? We're riding near Madison Square Garden, and the driver's like, oh, it's the Taylor Swift concert. And literally out loud to my driver, I said, what the fuck? Because I didn't even realize, like, I didn't know that I was going to be living in New York City that summer, so I didn't even think to look for tickets. And I just remember that was, like, one of the most I, – I went to the bar that night, and i pretty sure that I just took multiple tequila shots because I was sad that <laughs> I couldn't go, and tequila makes me feel better um or worse, but – in that case, it made me feel better. Uh, I guess top three Taylor Swift songs, I would say there's no particular hierarchy for me for this. Um, similar to you, I would say Willow is one of my favorite songs. And it's such a new song, right? Um, and when I heard Willow for the first time, I was like, this is this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Like this this is it um it was insane because the first time i so admittedly i was super busy when evermore came out because i was at a job where i did not have a lot of free time i was working like 140 hours a week it was insanity um yeah i documented a lot of this like tiredness and insanity during my podcast um episodes like previously but I just did not have a chance to listen to Evermore until like very late, but I was in TJ Maxx and I was shopping and I heard the song on coming through the, like the loudspeakers. So I shazammed it and it was Willow. And I, I actually just did an episode about Willow a couple of weeks ago to kick off the Taylor Swift uh, content. And I have listened to Willow so many times. It is it's probably my number one played song and it's disgusting because it's not just willow it is all the remixes as well
1: i was gonna ask that.
0: <laughs> all five versions of willow i'm pretty sure are gonna be like on the top of my spotify rap this year oh my um, especially the 90s trend one that she released back in like september i have listened to that version so many times like every morning when i get ready pretty much it's like i, I kind of cycle through i'm gonna mention someone on un- taylor swift related but i think honorable mention. So my getting ready in the morning rotation is usually Taylor Swift, usually 1989 because I'm trying to have a good day Um, and the Waitress soundtrack, which is a musical written by Sarah Bareilles. Those are my rotation for getting ready in the morning um, admittedly. But Willow probably I would say is number one for me. Similar to you, All Too Well, number two. All Too Well is just I, I get such nostalgia when I hear it. And I feel like every Taylor Swift song kind of, it makes you feel like a visual reaction to that. Like I can imagine myself in a situation, whether it's a memory or even if it's like a music video in the way that Taylor interprets the song, but I always have a visual aso- associated with every song that I listen to. Yeah. And I just think that it really brings it out of you. Um, And then I would say, my third favorite T-Swift song is, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, I would say this is so stupid, and I'm such a hopeless romantic with this one, but I love Paper Rings. That song that automatically brings the biggest smile to my face. I'm, th- I'm smiling thinking about it. You guys can see this. So,
1: <laughs> My sister, um, she loves that song, and she'd always play it for my nephew. He's like four now, but especially when he was like three. And so whenever I go there, he'd be like, Mama, play Paper Rings by Taylor Swift. And it's it's just the cutest thing.
0: I love that. And honestly, I love the Lover album. I feel like it's Luke. Lo- I, I don't think it's slept on per se, but I feel like it's a little forgotten at times whenever we're talking like T-Swift. And one thing that I always do, and my friends hate me for this, is one of my favorite bakeries in New York City is in Greenwich Village. Um, and it's on Bleecker Street. The street that I usually walk to get to Bleecker Street is Cornelia Street. Uh, um, so I always take a picture of the sign, and I always send it to my Swifty friends. And I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> so. I
1: feel like, yeah, I agree that era. Like, it's definitely like not as talked about. And I feel like a lot of that is because the era was just cut short where we didn't get like, we got a lot of content and, like, promo for that era and performances, but then we didn't get, you know, the tour and Loverfest and everything, and I definitely think we were supposed to get a Cruel Summer music video, and then we didn't get it because it just wouldn't have worked out, and so I feel like there, it, it would have been such a bigger deal, but it got cut short, but then we got it, full court. So. It, it,
0: it did, Um and... I think out of the content that we've gotten for each era, I wasn't, I wasn't as in love with that content. Cause like, I felt like as much as me, like me went super commercial, super quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, same with like, you need to calm down both very solid songs, both very solid pieces of content, but I would have loved a "Cruel Summer" music video. "Cruel Summer" yeah. was my most listened to song off of that album. Admittedly, "Paper Rings" is the one that makes me the happiest, but I don't always want to be happy. Oh, exactly, I, I sound like Dixie D'Amelio, <laughs> like um, um, but yeah, like I, I love "Cruel Summer," and I'm so happy that you mentioned that because that was just such a <sighs> that song is just such a vibe. I, you
1: know, maybe she'll. Maybe it'll be like these vault songs and she'll come back to it in a few years and be like, you know what, guys, you've been begging for this for years. I have it. It's ready. Let me just let me just drop it for you guys. I can I can see it happening.
0: Crossing my fingers for that one.
1: Manifest it.
0: Yes, Um, absolutely. But I guess talking about like top three songs and this being like a red centric episode, maybe let's talk about a couple songs. Maybe let's talk about the Red era and what our memories are associated with that. And let's maybe just speculate because Red, Taylor's version, comes out tomorrow. Like, yeah. it's insane. It's so close. And all these interviews that she's doing and setting up, the All Too Well 10-minute video, there's so much for us to discuss. So um, let, let's just kick it off. Let's start with All Too Well Tell me just initial thoughts about this 10 minute short film that's coming out.
1: Oh my gosh. I, I did not think that that's what she was going to announce. I don't know what I thought she was going to announce, but that was not it. And I'm so, you have no idea how excited I am that it's Dylan O'Brien. I, I love Dylan O'Brien. He's in like my top five celebrity crushes. So to have him and he's a Swiftie. So like to have him and Sadie, And Sadie's the cutest and they're both Swifties to be in this film and Taylor's going to be in it. It's just, it's so iconic. It's so amazing. I can't wait. And we know that the all too well to version is explicit. So that's exciting. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I feel like she's been, she's talked about it before and we've never thought we're going to get it. And now that we're getting it, it's so weird to think that we're going to have it tomorrow. Like, and it's just going to be here for the rest of, the rest of time
0: i i completely agree um dylan i haven't seen too many projects with him but i really just like his energy i've seen him more on tiktok than i feel like i've seen him on like tv or film um because i feel like in the whole like vampire diaries versus Team wolf like m- not feud because i feel like a lot of people cross leverage their shows I'm definitely like a very big Vampire Diaries fan. So it's like, I never really got into the Teen Wolf and like, cause he played uh, styles. That's his character name. Um, So maybe I have to, maybe I'll go back and uh, watch it now, but Dylan, he's just, he's such a awesome dude. And I love him on TikTok. Sadie. I think she's fantastic. She is just such a, like you said, she's such a cutie, just like, such a little light um it's i I loved her in fear street that recently came out um that was amazing i think that they're both going to give great performances i think that they're the things that i've seen them both in they're objectively great performers and they're going to deliver great performances and i'm just so curious to see one how long the film is going to be um because if the song is 10 minutes How long is the film going to be? And how is the song going to play into it? Um, Yeah,
1: like, is it going to be kind of, like, cut up? And there's going to be, like, parts of the film where there's no music and it's, like, them talking and having dialogue? Or is it just going to be, like, a 10-minute film? Like, I don't know.
0: Right. And, and that's what I'm so curious. And I'm like, okay, whenever that drops, I need to dedicate X amount of time to this. When the interviews drop, I need to watch this. This is like 35 minutes here, 35 minutes there. It's like the album is gonna be Yeah. Like Taylor Swift albums, like it, it's so funny. They're a minimum of, of an hour. And this uh red vault version, how many songs? it's like 28, 29, 30, something like 30. that. 30 songs. It's going to be a minimum of like a two-hour listening experience, and yeah. I, I I have to get up. Like I, I'm probably going to have to take a nap and then get back up for whenever the first interview hits tonight, and then watch another interview, then watch the video, and then another couple hours because I'm planning on releasing another episode this week tomorrow about the actual listening experience of everything.
1: It's going to be, it's going to be an insane night. I, I think I finally decided how I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to watch the Jimmy Fallon interview and then when red releases, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to watch the short film first and then maybe I'll be able to fit in. Maybe I'll watch it again, depending on how long it is or fit in like a couple of the vault tracks. And then I'm going to watch the Seth Meyers interview and then I'll finish the rest of it.
0: Yep. And then going in the SNL that yeah. will already have like a baseline.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I and I wonder what she's going to perform on that because I mean she could perform anything.
0: She could. And I wonder if she's going to bring anyone with her. Cuz there's so many collabs in the bonus uh in the vault tracks so yeah. I'm I oh my gosh, I'm I'm so excited for that one. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Um it, there's just so much to to kind of like speculate on. And one conversation that we were having a little bit earlier is why is she doing so much promo for Red versus Fearless right. Taylor's, Taylor's version?
1: Okay, yeah. I've been wondering that I yeah, because it is so much more promo than with Fearless. And she I don't know the Good Morning America things like she went on Good Morning America a couple times for Fearless, but she didn't do any of I mean, she went on. No, that was it. She just did like Good Morning America. Like she didn't go on any talk shows or anything, really. So for her to be going on Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers and SNL all for Red and doing the short film is just it's crazy to me. So I wonder maybe if on SNL or like one of them, she could perform something from Evermore for like the Grammy campaign. Um but then I don't know cuz maybe she maybe she just reads her favorite album and she's like I'm going all out for red. This is it.
0: So I I have a question. How not likely, but how wild would it be cuz I mean she released um fearless Taylor's version uh-huh. Evermore F- folklore and now red Taylor's version So in like such a condensed span, what if at the end of one of these interviews, she's just like, yeah, you know how I dropped wildest Streams Taylor's version, like earlier this year, 1989 is coming. Like, what if, what if she's announcing like another era to like, kind of just keep this red hype, like and propel into the next one.
1: I could totally see her doing that. I could, because that's what is so funny. Like everyone's been talking about how listening, like, our listening nights are so special to us. So for Taylor to interrupt our listening night, to be on like an interview that she know we'd want to watch, I feel like she has to be announcing something like something big has to be company like coming besides just red promo. So I definitely think she could announce 1989 because also I think maybe 1989 was supposed to be released in the summer, but then she's having that whole, um, like legal battle issue with shake it off right? What's going on. So maybe she had to postpone it. So I could see her being like 1989 because she did, it was like five months. She announced red Taylor's version five months before it was released. So maybe she's going to do the same thing with 1989 and we have to wait until like the spring, but still. Yeah. Be so exciting.
0: Or even something like we were talking about. I, what I think this is more so my hope, not the reality, but I am just hoping that she just drops the fact that she's touring like next Mm -hmm. year or the year after. That nothing would bring me greater joy than to just have something to look forward to because it's like concerts are back. There are so many artists that are performing and there's so many artists that have are coming off of like postponing things because – for example, like with Loverfest, that was not really a lot of like venues. And Lady Gaga also did something similar. And I'm going to her show next year where mm-hmm. she only had like six shows in America. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping for a good fashion, old fashioned stadium tour where she just yeah. it's all these cities and there's so many opportunities to see her like we have so much that we haven't been able to see yet. Um, yeah just because of the the pandemic and just.
1: Yeah, I honestly, I have no idea how a tour would even work. Like, I don't even, like, what would it be called? Like, because people have talked, okay, maybe it'd be, if she waits until all the re-recordings are done, it could be like a Taylor's Greatest Hits tour. But then if she still wants to do it now, it could be like the folk lover, like the folk lover more thing. I don't know. I feel like there's, there's so many options and like in my head i can't even process how a tour would work with all the content she's given us in like the last 2 years now but i know that whatever she picks like somehow she'll make it perfect and make it all make sense so i'm just excited for whatever she does but no crossing my fingers for that
0: yeah absolutely i i completely agree it's just there's there's so much and the thing is you never know what to expect with her. It's sure. it's so hard. Cause even whenever she dropped, like kind of going back to like 1989, when she dropped the Wildest Dreams Taylors version, there was a glitch in that video on TikTok and everyone's like, What's the glitch? What why yeah. is there that glitch? And then people were speculating because allegedly there was supposed to be people are speculating that there was an era that we're missing. That was supposed to be in between Red and 1989. That 1989 wasn't supposed to be that pivot era that there was supposed to be something else in between. So the same like
1: 1989 and Reputation, there was something supposed to be like between that one too.
0: Right. So
1: I don't know. And it's like, okay, well maybe then like some of the vault tracks for those like will end up being put because didn't they like, isn't it? She said at some point that she wrote like, over a hundred songs for 1989 or like in that era that she was like, she wrote that many songs. So the vault tracks for 1989 are going to be insane. Honestly, I think I'm most excited for 1989 vault tracks because I I don't even know what to expect. Like it's, it's, it's going to be wild.
0: Same here. I'm, I'm so excited. 1989. uh, We were just talking before the show, but 1989, my favorite era probably is reputation just because of the visual, the meaning behind it. Like there was just, there was so much that we received during um, reputation, but 1989 has so much nostalgia for me because that was the first Taylor Swift album. I physically went and bought Um, because like, you know, I would buy like individual songs on iTunes and on streaming, but I remember physically going to target and picking up 1989 and being like this is my album like i yeah. this this is it like and ever since then i kind of i feel like swifties they there's so many origin stories it almost sounds like a villain origin story but it's not there's so many origin stories behind swifties and how they kind of became part of this fandom and part of this community mm-hmm. whether they've been here from the very beginning or whether they are reputation converties or 1989 converties or yeah. red era converties or even like as recently as like evermore and folklore like con- like i think it's so cool that there's so much content in so many eras that she had and the thing is it's never like she was irrelevant she has been relevant from her debut so
1: yeah. like
0: everyone knows her everyone has known of her but it's like Actually, m- taking that dive into c- the community and taking that dive into the theories and to wanting to sit there and do a, a crossword puzzle to figure out the-, the bonus tracks or the vault tracks on uh, Red Taylor's version. Yeah. It- it's insane. Uh, and I-, I just love kind of like talking about that. So, how- what was your story?
1: Okay. So, Honestly, my story is not like that exciting because I grew up listening to country music. So with her debut, I mean, she released that in 2006. So I was four, but, um, with her debut, like, I feel like I, I grew up listening to our song and teardrops on my guitar and Tim McGraw, um, picture to burn was like my sister and I song. We would always play that in the car. That's like, that's my number one on debut. Um, I really hope she released like picture to burn merch because I will buy that so fast. But yeah, I feel like I don't have really like any memories from Fearless, but I just know like whatever age I was growing up, if you asked me my favorite, my favorite singer, my favorite artist, the answer would have always been Taylor Swift, Um, especially during Speak Now and Red. I feel like those were my eras, um, especially because my best friend at that time in elementary school, we were major Swifties before we even knew that Swifties were a thing or that people were like on social media talking about Taylor Swift. And um, Speak Now, like I remember in second grade, we spent all of our time in recess cutting out pictures of Taylor Swift for magazines and putting them on poster boards. And every time that I went to her house, we would like dress up, dance to Taylor Swift in the living room. And then actually, I will never forgive my parents for this. Um, that best friend, she got tickets to go to Speak Now tour. And she got like a bunch of tickets, but they weren't all seated together. And so My parents didn't want me to go because they didn't know if I would be like sitting by myself or something. So I didn't even know that I had been invited, but I didn't get to go. I I had the option to go to Speak Now (laughs) tour and my parents would not let me go. And ever since I learned that, I I hold it against them. But and then her mom, she took the poster to the tour and then her mom spilled beer all over it. So it got ruined. But anyway, that's a that's my sad Swifty story. But no, and then with Red, I was super into Taylor. 19, and then when she switched to pop, I was still like major like country person living in the Midwest, always listened to country radio. And then when she switched to the pop, I remember that was like a huge thing, and everybody country was like kind of offended and whatever. But I love 1989. I went to that tour, and then I went to Rep Tour, and then Lover. Um, I was planning to go to the tour, but I never even I don't I hadn't even gotten my tickets, and then. I had kind of fallen out during those albums just because I wasn't as into like that sound, but I still listened to her like all the time. And then when folklore happened and evermore happened, I became like Ultimate Swifty, made my fan accounts, and now I'm like 110% Taylor Swift all the time. So
0: Ascended to your final form.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, I love that. I I I think I kind of like I, I kind of gave it away whenever I said 1989 was kind of like not my converter era because I loved Red. I, I honestly mm-hmm. did. Red was released when I was in high school. Um, so I remember I actually went through my. <laughs> this is so embarrassing, and I'm totally just like embarrassing myself for the public to see, but. On Instagram, I used to not care what I posted because I feel like an Instagram in high school for me, that was like circa like 2011 to 2015. So it wasn't really this place where you have these curated posts and like a curated feed and all of that. It was just kind of like a place that you could post like all of your random stuff. Mm -hmm. So I remember I had this video that I posted and I have it in my archive still because I just found it like maybe a couple weeks ago. And it was a vine that I made, and it was me singing. I knew you were trouble, and then it, a jump cut, and it's me lying on the ground, and I'm like, now I'm lying. Like I thought I was the funniest person on this planet, um, but obviously I wasn't. And I I found like another clip of me just like jamming out to Red. Like I I love that album, and I think that album was very much the primer for me, um because i didn't grow up listening to country music so it was kind of like that country pop fusion music where it's like okay it's poppy enough like where i i'm really into it but it's also country enough i got into country a lot more whenever i got older um and that's just because like i really expanded my music taste but i think red was kind of the primer and then uh 1989 was kind of like the nail in the coffin that was like yeah this this is this is your time and then yeah i got really into like the fan theories um during reputation and like i was watching all the fan videos and this was pre-tiktok right so or maybe tiktok was a thing but it wasn't like big it might have still been musically at that time yeah um but I remember I was on YouTube and Tumblr and Instagram just watching all these fan theories, reading all these fan theories, um, and just, you know, I would go into class. and my I'm pretty sure my friends hated me during Reputation Era because literally Taylor Swift was my number one listen-to artist that year, and it was literally just the Reputation soundtrack, like my top, like, 20 in Spotify – That year, whenever they gave the Spotify rap, was that entire album. Um, And I remember when Look What You Made Me Do, the music video came out. I was just like, yeah, this Taylor Swift represents this era. This Taylor Swift is going (laughs) to be in this video. And that's ready for it, Taylor Swift. And that's, um, you know, representing her speak now era. And my friends hated me because my friends aren't really Swifties. And I was obsessed. I was like the equivalent of. Um, Katie Herring with Regina George like mm-hmm. I was that level of obsessed like with the theories it's like so I feel like definitely 1989 that is my origin story but Red and that's why I was so excited to talk about this album was definitely the primer
1: mm-hmm. I feel like it took me so long like honestly to get to like 2020 with like folklore to even realize that like Are you ready to shop? Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. I, like, I always call myself a Swifty, but, like, being a Swifty and, like, active on, like, Swifty, like, social media is, like, a whole nother – that's, like, a whole nother thing. You know, it's, like, I'm not just, like, listening to the album and, like, whatever and, like, have Taylor Swift merch. It's, like, being ha- – like, having a Swifty, like, Twitter or TikTok and just constantly, like, seeing people talking about Taylor, It's it's so – it's just so crazy. And I'm, like, I don't know what I was doing before this, like –
0: Right, it's, wild. It's, it's, it's so crazy, and honestly, I, I I'm not as in deep on Swift Talk as I could be because my main account it's like food and like drinks, and that's where a lot of my mutuals are. But I love whenever on my like personal spam account I get super deep in the Swift Talk, mm-hmm. and there will be times, especially like right now, it's just theories, theories upon theories upon theories upon speculation upon theories, and. I'm loving it, and yeah. also I, I feel like the listeners need to know this because this is awesome. Um, so, to the audience, I was scrolling on TikTok, and obviously, I follow Taylor Swift on every social media. So she posted um, a video for the "All Too Well" ten-minute mm-hmm. clip uh, teaser, and I open up the comment section. <laughs> and guess who is at the top of that comment section for me? I mean, it's because we're friends on TikTok, but also it was like when i saw it it was like forty three thousand likes uh so
1: yeah
0: how do you feel about the fact that taylor swift probably knows that you exist
1: (laughs) that's um it's like it's too much to even think about i i got there early in the comments so like i was telling you earlier i got there early in the comments so then people like gradually saw it as i got more views and so i got more likes but to know that like if she just opens up her comments, mine's at the top is crazy. And so many of my Swifty Mutuals, ever since she got on TikTok, have gotten like likes and notices and and comments and everything, which has been so exciting to see everybody's reactions to Taylor noticing them and like saying like, Oh, like you're gorgeous, like I love this. Thank you so much. It's it's the cutest thing. So I'm just I'm waiting for mine. Um, and then after that happens, I can just my life is complete, really. Like I need nothing, nothing more in life besides what, Taylor noticing me. <laughs>
0: what if this is setting up like you're like, who knows, maybe in a, a couple of years I'll have to have you back on. And then you're like, yeah. So remember how right before red Taylor's version dropped? And I got that like comment on that video that had like all these legs mm-hmm. that actually ended up having Taylor see my page. And then I got invited to a secret session.
1: So <laughs> <Stop, laughs> It's funny because the, um, when I first started my TikTok, like one of my first videos, it was, um, it was so dramatic. It was like, I literally been on Talk for like a month or two months or something. And I was like trying to make some content, like raking videos and everything. And I think that was, that was before I did, um, like the Woodvale theories and then started getting attention and getting more followers. And I posted this, it was, I don't even know what sound it was. I think it was, it might've been all too well. I can't remember. Maybe it was like a folklore song. And it was like this whole paragraph about like, when you want to be a Swifty account and you want to get noticed by Taylor so you can get invited to a secret session and all this, it was, it was so dramatic. I was, I was so dramatic about it. But the thought of actually doing that because TikTok is like, like Swift Talk is a whole nother side that is like brand new. You know, like all these other secret sessions, it's been like Tumblr and Instagram and Twitter. And so to think about it being Swift Talk, Swifties is so exciting to even like go to a secret session and like have some of them be there and like get to meet them in real life would be, it'd be so iconic and Taylor, obviously, but that would be so cool.
0: I mean, who knows? Funny thing is, um, my esthetician has actually been to a secret session and, it's oh my god. It's so crazy because like I feel like that was almost her origin story into becoming even a bigger Swifty because I think I, I forgot what she told me the story and I'm gonna try not to butcher too much. Uh I'll probably have to ask her. Emma, if you're listening to this, hi. Um but basically she was posting a bunch on Twitter right before like one of the album drops. It might've been reputation era. um, And she was just posting about how much she was excited. Like she basically took her personal account and became like a Taylor Swift, like theory and like type of on that type of beat account. And Taylor actually, you know, reached out and, and, or a member of Taylor's team reached out and invited her to a secret session. And she was telling me all about it and like how like just nice and wonderful she is. And, I don't know if I ever got invited to a Taylor's Secret session, which I don't want to be because there are so many more deserving people to <laughs> go ahead of me. Like, here's the thing. If I'm at the bottom of that list, okay, I'll go. But I'm not I'm not trying to be at the top of that list because yeah. I don't feel like I deserve that. I'm not that deep in. But in the event, like let's say a parallel universe, I got invited. I wouldn't 100% just make those chai cookies that she posted on Tumblr. And I would just be like, Hi, like I, I don't, I don't even know, like how you even react during those, like, just. No,
1: I have no idea. I have no idea how people like can even function at them. Like, I think I would just like break down, and it'd just be embarrassing. I feel like I wouldn't even be able to talk to her. I'd just be like, I don't even. I, I just start sobbing, and like freak out, and she'd be like, "Okay, maybe, maybe I should have left this girl at home." Like, <laughs> 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 she's, she's the sweetest. She would be. And, like, the pictures they always take, they're just so cute.
0: Right? And I I just – I love the fact that, you know, she she is one of the biggest artists in the world. But her connection with her fans and her community, it is unmatched. I've never seen another artist who has connected with their Mm -hmm. fans the way that she does. Um, I mean, there's very, I'm not saying that she's the only artist that ever connects with her fans, but the, the genuine connection that she has and the love that she has for these people supporting her, it is so refreshing because I feel like sometimes the bigger people become like the worse, the more removed from reality they can be. And they can forget like, Hey, it's almost like relating, like, even as we have communities, right? We have people who like us and like our content. We also have people who we like their content. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a never ending cycle. There's not just one person who doesn't like someone else. Right. So I feel like just her seeing that appreciation is just so refreshing because I feel like sometimes people think that they're like above it.
1: Mm -hmm. She's so down to earth and it's, it's so cool to see. And I feel like She, it honestly makes me sad because I feel like she would be the biggest Swifty, but she's Taylor Swift. So like, she can't be like, it makes me sad that she can't like be a fan of herself and see, because she probably doesn't even understand like what she means to all of us. And like, she probably can't even process, you know, like all that she's done for all of us and just like the support and like how she's just so caring. Like she doesn't get that because she's just herself. But, like, to see it from our perspective, it's – yeah, it's crazy. She's, like – she's the sweetest, and she's so down to earth, and she just genuinely cares about all of her fans and is so thankful when at this point it's, like, she didn't – like, she doesn't have to be, you know?
0: Right. It's – again, she has, like, no obligation to do this, but she does. And it's just (laughs) – it is so refreshing and just – I think that's like something that just makes me like her even more is the fact that it's just so genuine. Um, Mm -hmm. I I feel like being genuine is something that's actually hard to fake. Like you can really read a person pretty well when you can tell that they're like, you know, maybe not being like the most real, but she just has such a light and such an aura to her where she is just so.
1: She's so normal.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's refreshing. Yeah. It is so good. And then also, I, I so I think we kind of like touched upon all too well, but I kind of, and I think we also, I think we touched upon a lot of the things that we wanted to touch upon, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like Red, what that era has meant to us, um, and kind of like the impact that it has had. But tell me a little bit more about like your excitement for Red, maybe why you're so excited for Red and like, versus any other like Taylor Volt or, version like why why red why are we so excited for this
1: red for me i never red was always going to be number one in my ranking i never thought that an album from anyone but like in taylor ranking specifically was ever going to be red i was like there's just there's no way like whatever album she keeps releasing or whatever especially when she was going down the track of more like um like the pop track i d- i very much liked that red was like the bridge between country and pop, and that sound, and so I was just there's no way. And then she dropped folklore, and I was like, okay, well, nothing's ever going to beat this album. And evermore, and yet nothing has beaten folklore yet. Folklore's my number one, then evermore, and then red. Um, so red means a lot to me because of that, and because it's just it's so nostalgic. Because, I mean, how old was I? I feel like I was in elementary and middle school. When Red, yeah, 2012, so I was 10. So that's just, it's such like a nostalgic era of like listening to it in the car with like your mom or like listening to it with your friends and the music videos. I loved, I loved her fashion during that era, like the 50s inspired, like the cute little dresses and like the shoes, um, like the little kitten heels and everything and the ponytail and the bangs and the red lips, like the iconic red lips. I feel like there's just so much, from the red era that was iconic and i don't know it's just it's going to be so exciting to relive this era because the fearless um that was the era like if i just ranked what re-recordings i would be most excited for that was probably going to be last and red was probably going to be first so i'm just i'm so excited and i'm so excited to relive just some of the songs and like hear her versions and the vault tracks. I think the vault tracks are going to be insane.
0: I I completely agree because it it has been so long since Red was released, right? So I feel the nostalgia aspect mm-hmm. as I I feel like a broken record, but that was like the primer for me delving into this like Taylor Swift community and wanting to be so like involved in it and becoming so enamored with her. Um, Mm -hmm. especially because red was released while tumblr was still like a a thing and it was just it it was one of those things that always seeing taylor swift on tumblr was just such a surreal thing and then listening to red and just kind of like the connection i i I love that album and I, i love that era too i think it's just so fun and Every time I say red, I think about the song red, which is so horrible. Um, The song's not horrible. I think my connotation is horrible because like, as I'm talking, like, I feel like I'm getting a little bit, not flustered, but I'm like everywhere because in my head I'm singing, like, loving you as like red. Like, yeah, yeah, everything about it is just, so it, it was refreshing, honestly, because I feel like, especially during that time, we had a, a time in music right where there were fusions like um i think nelly's country grammar was a like hip-hop r&b country fusion um you had kind of sam hunt a little bit later and who knows people could even say taylor swift's red was could be like the primer for people being open to that type of fusion like sam hunt kelsey Bellarini, um obviously shania I'm not saying that she didn't do it first, but in the modern sense, Taylor was really one of those pioneers and one of those titans in bridging that gap between country and pop. And I just think that Red was such a refreshing take. And it's so funny because how many artists have a song that is so ubiquitous that no matter who you are, you have to play it on your birthday? How many artists have that?
1: Exactly. And I feel like she just has so many songs in general that everyone knows. Right. Like, or just like, even just like the line or just like the chorus, there's just so many, like, we're never ever getting back together. There's so many from red, like, like we're yep. never ever getting back together. I knew you were trouble 22. Like everyone, everyone can sing parts of those songs. Like you can't tell me that you don't know them. Um, which is just, it's so classic and it's so iconic of her. And yeah.
0: One of my go-to party trick songs is We Are Never Getting Back Together. It is one of her less complex guitar songs and it is iconic. As soon as you hear the ba ba da, da 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 like everyone yeah. knows and they go wild and that is always one of my go-to songs to pull out at a party. Yeah. Not just because I'm a Taylor Swift fan, but it's just so iconic. It's it's insane. And then you have like some of, like, the more, I don't want to say lesser known, but I would say more of the songs for the fans. Like, Everything uh-huh. Has Changed, or um, th- there's there's so many. Like, I, that album has, like, what, 17, 18 songs? And I just, ugh, I, I get so flustered whenever I try and, like, think to yeah. all of them. Um, but what are your favorite songs from Red?
1: Um, My number one's All Too Well. And then my number two is Come Back, Be Here. I feel like that one is kind of overlooked because um, it's on the deluxe, but I'm really excited for that one. And then my third and fourth Taylor like favorites on these are some of her most like underrated songs in general, I feel like. And I know people hate that term, like underrated, whatever. Um, but The Last Time is my third favorite song on Red, and I just adore that song. It's featuring Gary Lightbody from Snow Patrol, which I don't really listen to much of them. Um, right. But I'm really excited to hear the re recorded version. And I think that it's so funny because so many people love Exile. And I feel like Exile and The Last Time go hand in hand. Like, I feel like you can't love one without loving the other. Like, the whole, you know, like, guy and girl singing back and forth to each other. And then, like, at the bridge, it starts, like, overlapping and them, like, not understanding each other. And it's like, it's like an argument in a song. And, Immediately when I heard exile, I thought of the last time, so I love that, and there's actually I was looking up the last time before um I started we started doing this because I wanted to see if like there was any like background info, and I saw this theory on like wiki fandom or something that it's actually a song she wrote about a pizza delivery guy.
0: I read that too right before we all <laughs> got on here. I was like, this is insane. I love this,
1: yes, and how he like kept like not showing up or whatever. And so she was writing with like them and was trying to make it about a relationship and things. And of course other people think it's about Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, But I thought that theory was just so funny.
0: I I read the same exact theory earlier today. And I was just like, that is insane in the best way possible Um, because I, the page uh, the title of the article, I actually have it in front of me. It's The Truth Behind the Last Time, a Taylor Swift fan theory. And it was talking about the pizza delivery guy. And I was just like, this is insane. It <laughs> makes sense, but it is also insane. Like,
1: <laughs> it's, it's so funny. People, the theories are crazy. Um, but then my fourth favorite is the lucky one, which I think is slept on. And I think that especially hearing it now is going to be crazy because she basically did like what she was writing about in that song because the whole song's about like, there's theories that she wrote it. Oh, about Joni Mitchell. I think it was that, you know, she's writing about someone that like grew up kind of like in the music industry or like, you know, they gradually like got more and more famous. And then like over time they're realizing like, like some of the, like, you know, lyrics are like, you know, news ends up splash on the front page or whatever. Right like you have all these people coming at you from all these different directions. And like, you think it's all like, everyone tells you that you're the lucky one. Like, you know, you're famous, you know, all this stuff and you're like the shiny new toy and the music industry. And then gradually you realize that like, I'm not the lucky one. You're the lucky one for not having to be like in this limelight. And so she's writing about how like Joni Mitchell like escaped and started just kind of living for herself and doing like doing less of like all the PR stuff that you're supposed to do and you know, just doing the things that were more healthy for her. And Taylor was writing that like right before her like biggest, most like famous era of like 1989. And then right after 1989, like when all this stuff happened and she went into like hiding for a year, and now she's doing exactly like what she wrote about in the song of just like doing her own thing and like making it healthy for her while still you know, providing so much content for us with Folklore and Evermore, but she's doing it in a way that it doesn't make her feel like she is this, like, like as in the limelight and like not facing all the criticism that she used to face so much and like so heavily.
0: I agree. And that is, I, I honestly, I love the, I love the passion behind like your reasons for loving these songs. It is, its it's honestly refreshing because I feel like there's not many songs and not many artists that people, I feel like when you aren't in a community, right. And you are talking to someone about music in general, it's so easy just to say, Oh yeah. What's your favorite song? Why do you like it? And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is my favorite song. Like admittedly, my favorite song of all time is not a Taylor Swift song. I love Taylor Swift, but this is, it's just a song that has so much more nostalgia for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I've talked about it on the podcast, but it's a song from the 80s. And, um, but it's like when I say it, it's like sometimes people haven't heard of it. Some people haven't, like, may not know why, like, and why it's so so important to me. But when you're talking about something where, you know, it's a community within the community, an artist or uh, not an artist, uh, an album or a song, it's so refreshing just to see the passion behind, like, why you like it and like, why it's your favorite and kind of like the meaning that it has to you and the way that yeah. you have been able to interpret it.
1: I think that's why I'm like, so thankful for joining like Swift talk and doing all this. Cause I've, I've like, you know, I've spent my whole life, like being a huge Swifty and, you know, having friends like gradually over the years that you know, are big Taylor Swift fans or Swifties with me or, you know, that I can explain Taylor Swift to, and they'll, you know, they'll be like supportive, but they don't really get it. You know, like it takes someone being like in it, like in the community and to really get it, like not everyone's going to understand, which is why it's, I don't know. It's so cool to do that. Like um, my friend, my best friend from home, she's not a Swifty, but like with folklore, like gradually, I've like turned her kind of into like a Swifty And she wrote me for my grad party. She gave me this journal and she went through like each of Taylor's albums and picked out songs and then wrote the memories down, like with those songs and how they relate to our friendship. And it was just like the cutest thing. And I made a video talking about it on my TikTok, but um, no, it's so cool to, like, like you said, like be in a community where people like understand and are like as passionate about it as you are.
0: Absolutely. Oh my God. And that's it. That is so freaking cute. <laughs> I, oh my God, I'm like, I'm, I'm over here like crying in the club. Uh, just like thinking about,
1: I was like sobbing. I, just- I would have been crying like,
0: Oh my God, that is so sweet. Um, And this is like, kind of like a shitty pivot, but speaking of sweet things, if you have listened to the show before, we give a cocktail, or in this case, a mocktail. And I kind of put some thought into this one. And Mackie, since you are not of age, I wanted to make a cocktail slash mocktail that you could also enjoy. Um, so we're going to be doing a red-inspired mocktail. And listen to this. It's going to have rose water in it. And why do I emphasize the word rose? Because all too well, one of Taylor's... Objectively best songs and one of the best songs on Red was written by Taylor Swift and Liz Rose. So we're gonna use rose water, um, and we are gonna use strawberry puree to make it red, and we are going to blend it just so. Then it's freaking delicious. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get some strawberry puree. You're gonna get about three ounces of strawberry puree. Add that to a blender. Add a handful of ice, maybe not a handful, use a scoop. We don't want hand flavored ice. And then you're going to add in an ounce of rose water. Then you're gonna give that a blend. You're gonna stick it in your favorite wine glass because you are not drinking alcohol, but you want to feel fancy. And that's your red mocktail. So if you end up trying that, let me know. But um, I needed to make sure I kind of sprinkled a little bit of red cocktail making into this. But back to kind of Taylor Swift. And I, I know that we've talked about a lot of things, and some of these things might be redundant, but what are, I guess, over this upcoming weekend with all the interviews and the short film and all of that, what are you most excited for? Are you most excited for the listening experience of the album, most excited for the video, excited for the interviews and like the anxiety of what is going to be talked about?
1: Um, Honestly, this might be kind of weird, but I'm most excited for the lyric videos. I... I stand the lyric videos. Every lyric video she makes is like so aesthetically pleasing, and I think the ones for Red are going to be adorable, especially for um, like the vault tracks to see those. And I'm so excited for the vault tracks because a lot of them are long. Like there's one, there's one that's over six minutes. Um, obviously, ten minute version, all too well. And then there's a lot of them that are like four. I think there might even be one that's like over five. So. I'm super excited for that. But then just to see her like in the interviews and like talking about red, it's going to be really exciting.
0: I completely agree. I'm, I'm super excited for the Fallon interview. Um, I feel like they have such a great dynamic together. So um, I, I think that's going to be just such a, and also it's before the album release. So I'm yeah. curious just how tonight they're going to just talk and their banter and, going from that into the album like is it gonna just change my listening experience that if i hadn't watched it Mm -hmm. um like is there anything that i'm gonna have to look out for is she going to perform a song from the album like what is gonna happen during this and i think that's what i'm so excited for because i think that the listening experience is gonna we have an idea of what it looks like right i remember whenever folklore came out um, I I had like a decent following on TikTok. I would say maybe I was around like 30 40,000 uh, followers on TikTok at the time. And I remember I used to go live a lot during that time and that's the only reason I remember how many followers I had. And I did a folklore listening party. So I went live around like 11:45 um the night before fol- folklore came out and I listened to like the album on live with my followers, and we had like a conversation in the in the live chat and I remember that was just such a fun time and such a fun thing yeah. to do. but there wasn't like you know all the interviews and anything that I had to do to like kind of prep that listening experience. But I think my listening experience this time around it's going to be changed, regardless, yeah, just by the fact that. 25 minutes before this album comes out we're going to hear additional details or additional clarity
1: yeah, or clues or yeah and it's going to be it's going to be weird too because like no matter what way you do it if you get on social media like at all during it you're going to see like some spoilers you know because it's like oh if you don't watch the it's like I'm going to try to just stay off twitter because if i you know cuz everyone's listening to it a different way and i right. don't want to like spoil the experience and i was talking to um, one of my best friends yesterday, because I have a very, like, it's not, it's not even that dramatic, but it's like, I have a specific way that I like have to listen to her when she releases new music. And it's like, I just need to sit in the dark with like my headphones in and watch the lyric videos. Like, but this is going to be different, obviously. But since I'm now like living with a roommate, I was like, we're really close. So I'm like, I'm going to have to write her clear directions. Like you have to lay in bed, make no noise. You can't ask me questions. Like you can't, I just need to like be in complete silence and process this. So that'll be, I won't be like that dramatic about it, but it'll be really funny.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. I That is so fun. I think for me, like listening to, so listening to reputation, I was very similar to that because also we had, I think four singles from reputation before it came out. So we had a good amount of yeah. The album already like in our hands. But I think my listening experience with any album it, it changes. So I I think to use a relevant artist to still within the Taylor Swift like realm, Olivia Rodrigo, when her sour album came out, um, admittedly, when I listened to it, I listened to the album front to back,
1: mm-hmm. but I
0: skipped driver's license. <laughs> I, I'm not I even gonna lie.
1: So.
0: Uh because It's like I had heard it so much that in the scheme of the album and the way that it was arranged, I knew how it was going to fit in, right? Yeah. Um, So, but with this, yes, it's songs that we have heard before, but she didn't give us a bunch of singles. She didn't give us like anything for this. So I feel like I'm going to just have to sit and really listen to the album front to back. And then today, I guess at some point, I'm going to have to listen to the original album front to back just so then I can kind of have like a side-by-side comparison
1: yeah it's definitely gonna be it's gonna be interesting last time for fearless I listened to the ball tracks first and then I went through and listened um to the rest of the album so I think I'm gonna do that again but just like insert the Seth Meyers interview I guess yeah it's gonna I normally watch like the video first like for folklore and evermore I watched the video the music videos first and then went through the album so I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild, but oh also I don't know if you listen to her, but Gracie Abrams is releasing an album and she's a big Swiftie. Oh, that's amazing. Her, this is her first album. She has an EP out and I'm like a huge fan of her. And she keeps posting, like she's releasing hers at midnight too, but she keeps posting about how she only cares about red being released. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny.
0: I love that. I, I actually I've listened to her. Um what have I listened to?
1: I miss you and um this album she produced some of it with aaron desner oh wow yeah at long pond so oh my god really exciting
0: it's gonna be a great night for music i'm so excited yeah. and next weekend i i was supposed to have plans but then i canceled all of them because i was just like i'm gonna be just focused in on yeah. my spotify like my spotify listening like you know how they release spotify wrapped at the end of the year and they show you like how many minutes of music you listen to i'm like yeah whatever 48 hours and minutes is that's what's going to be added after this weekend because i'm probably gonna have it like completely on repeat
1: this is um yeah it's like the best thing about being on pacific time zone now is that it's like at nine o'clock so it's like earlier and i don't have any classes on friday i'm actually or tomorrow i don't um have any classes. I'm actually flying to surprise visit my family and they don't know I'm coming. Um, so I'll be like listening to it on the plane and everything.
0: Oh, that is amazing. That couldn't have worked out better.
1: I know. So I'm really, I'm excited for that. It'll be fun.
0: Oh my gosh. That is amazing. I'm so excited for you. And then I guess just To kind of like wrap up a little bit, because you'll have to start packing soon and like prepping for all the interviews and the listening experience. But is there any kind of final thoughts that you have going into this? And who knows, maybe you can come back to the episode tomorrow and confirm your theories or be like, oh, well, maybe this wasn't like, now I see why this couldn't have happened.
1: I don't even... I don't even know what to expect. I'm very excited for the vault tracks. Very excited to see how Phoebe Bridgers, if she's just going to be kind of like background vocals, like Taylor does with a lot of the female people that, um, like a lot of the people that come on her songs as features. Um, very excited for Chris Stapleton. I think their voices are going to sound so well together because his voice is so deep and like the raspy. And um, so very excited for vault tracks. Very, very excited for the film. Dylan O'Brien and Sadie Sink, the fact that she made them the same age gap that her and Jake Hall, iconic perfection. Um, and then just to see her on the interviews, I'm just, I'm so excited. I don't even know how to process, but I don't know. I'm just, and I can't wait to see everyone's reactions. That's going to be fun. Same here.
0: Same here. And I'm, I just look out for, my, for a text from me. I'm, yeah. I, I don't have too many Swifty friends. So now that I have you, like, I'm going to literally send you a text and I'm just going to be like, oh my God. Like, don't read this if you haven't gotten here, but we need to talk about this. No, um, yeah,
1: for sure. That's, like, my favorite thing to do because there's so many people, like, in my real life that, like, can't even, they don't They don't get it, like I said, but um, we're just fine. But, yeah, it's so exciting to, like, post about it or talk to people. Like, I've done that a lot with Molly because we'll, like, talk about, like, things that are going on. And I'll be like, hey, did you see this? Or So, yes, definitely do. I'll text you, too.
0: Amazing, amazing. And... Um just so the audience can follow up with you and follow up with all of your future success and current success. Uh do you have any handles that you want to drop? Anything you want to plug? Um any um, kind of like closing remarks to them?
1: Um okay, yes. All of my handles, I have Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. I'm most active on TikTok. I spend a lot of time retweeting and liking on Twitter and Instagram. Um very few and far posts, but Definitely follow my TikTok. It's where I spend most of my time. I'll probably go on live soon to talk about everything that's going on. And yeah, that's where if you like theories, if you like rankings, if you like anything that involves Taylor Swift or Olivia, I post about Olivia too. So follow me there.
0: Amazing. Do you want to plug that handle again?
1: Oh, champagne folky.
0: Perfect. And it's folky IE, right? Yes. Amazing. And I'm just so happy that we were able to connect and talk. And I know that you're busy with all of your endeavors. So I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us and hang out. And, you know, as more tailored content happens, like I would love to have you back if you would love to come back. And yeah, this has been awesome.
1: Yeah, it's so fun to talk about. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, of course. And to the audience, If you love Mackie, go follow her everywhere at Champagne Folky and also, you know, our handles, but I'm just going to plug them once again. If you have anything that you want to talk to us about, we are at Make Cute Pod on Instagram and TikTok. My personal handle is at Mileski on Instagram, Mileski2 on TikTok. And if you are feeling really formal, you can email us at pod at gmail.com. Oh, also Make Cute Pod now has a Reddit. Um just shameless little plug, Uh, go follow us. I don't know how Reddit works. So maybe there's follows, but follow us there too to keep updated. And Mackie, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been such a wonderful honor and pleasure having you on. And to the listeners, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
1: Bye.